Today we celebrate the great feast of Corpus Christi, the feast of the body and blood of Jesus, um, when we celebrate, as we do every Sunday, the Eucharist, but in a special way to commemorate the gift of the Eucharist, one week after Trinity Sunday, we celebrated last week, before that, Pentecost Sunday, the gift of the Holy Spirit. Um, Sort of these feasts that are the great mysteries um, that have been given to the church to steward throughout the ages and to, to share with the world. And of course, the Eucharist did not happen in a vacuum. We just read Mark's account of the institution narrative um, that at the feast of Passover, Jesus reinterpreted the meaning of this feast that already existed within Jerusalem or within um, Judaism of the Passover and said, now this bread, this wine is not simply a commemoration of your liberation from Egypt, but it is my real presence, my body, my blood, which will be shed for many. Yeah, foreshadowing, of course, what would happen the, the, uh, the next day, which is his crucifixion, his um, burial, and then finally his resurrection, what we call the Paschal mystery, the Passover mystery that is the, the completion of everything that was prefigured in the Old Covenant. And to understand the Eucharist, we have to understand covenant. Um, Jesus says explicitly, this is the blood, my blood of the covenant, which will be shed for many. A great example of a covenant um, in the Old Testament is Genesis 15. When Abraham is promised by God, he says, look up into the heavens and count the stars if you can see them. And that's how many descendants I'll give you. And I promise they will be my people and I will be their God. And he tells Abraham to cut a covenant. That's the literal uh, Hebrew is a bereath is a covenant. It's just something you cut. It's not just like a promise you make or a contract you sign. So what Abraham does is he takes some cows and some goats and some birds and he cuts them apart. He kills them and then divides the two sides with all the blood and guts in the middle. And what he was expecting was that when you cut a covenant with another person, you say, okay, well, our families are going to be tied together or these kingdoms will be tied together, that our fates will be one, um, and that if you betray me or if I betray you, then let what happened to these animals happen to us. And then they would hold hands and walk through the blood. And that that blood would represent their bond, their covenant. we used to say as kids, cross my heart, hope to die, stick a needle in my eye. You know, if I'm lying, then let something bad happen to me. That's what a covenant was. was that that's what these animals being sacrificed. It wasn't just this strange ritual, but it represented that there's death at stake here. There's blood if I break my promise. And what Abraham does is he, he cuts these animals open, but he says, how am I going to walk through this thing with God? Anyway, who am I to make a covenant with God? So he falls asleep. Uh, And in the nighttime, this flaming pot, smoking brazier, comes in in the night and goes through the animals um, without Abraham. It's just this flaming, like the burning bush, this presence of God which passes through the blood. Effectively saying, what we interpret now in, in light of the revelation of Christ, that what God is saying is that, I know you will be unfaithful. Right? That's kind of the point of the covenant, is to win you back, is to, is to repair what was broken in Adam and Eve's first sin. And what God is basically saying symbolically and ritualistically is that if you, I, I can of course not be unfaithful, God is always faithful, but even if you, Abraham, and your people, your descendants, are unfaithful, I will suffer. Let what happened to these animals happen to me and not you. This was a way beyond what anyone in the Old Covenant could understand, but it makes some sense of what Jesus is saying at the Last Supper. 
or even before that, when Jesus began his public ministry, John the Baptist pointing to Andrew and John, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Because all of the lambs that were sacrificed Passover after Passover or all the burnt offerings and sin offerings um, that, the, the, that were offered in the temple year after year, day after day, those were all representative sacrifices, representative substitution. They, said, they knew we have failed. We have broken the covenant. But what, what can we offer to God? That's the psalm response today. What can I offer to God for all that he's done for me? I'll raise the cup of salvation. I will offer my sacrifice. But what do I have to offer? My first fruits, my best lambs, my grain, stuff like that. But what was really asked for was blood, was, was our hearts on a platter, so to speak. And so all of those um, sacrifices never satisfied, never finally uh, would make up for our broken covenant until God himself in person, in his flesh, offers himself on the altar of the cross in this perfect act of worship, this perfect sacrifice, that he is the one who suffers for our sake. And before he does that, he leaves us this covenant meal, this covenant sacrifice of the Mass. This is an old language we don't hear much anymore, but it's still true, that this is the sacrifice of the Mass. The unbloody sacrifice, um, but nevertheless, Calvary, the cross, the re-presentation of the one sacrifice, once for all, it says in Hebrews, that was offered for us to open up the way back to God. And also one of the problems with the Old Covenant was that you kind of had three branches of Judaism. It was all one religion, but you had your, <clears throat> your law, your code, what you had to, how you had to behave, the Ten Commandments and such. You had your creed, what you believed. You shall have no gods before me. Um, the Lord your God is God alone. And then you had your worship, which is like the Levitical law and all of the dietary restrictions and, and what, you, what you had to do to um, be in, in right relationship with God uh, in terms of worship. But in Jesus, what we see on the cross is that all three of those things are one. Because what, did, what is the blood of the new covenant? Jeremiah foreshadowed the new covenant when he said, I will not write my law on tablets of stone, but I'll write it on your hearts. The, the whole idea was that those three, those three things were just different ways of trying to walk back in communion, in friendship with God, by behaving better, not sinning, by uh, believing the truth about who God is and who he made us to be, and by offering him perfect thanksgiving. And so what he leaves us in the Eucharist and says, do this in memory of me, is this perfect act of worship, the prayer that God gave us himself to pray and who prays within us. See, I heard this great um, this great uh, idea or, or mysticism around the priesthood and the, and the mass from a priest friend of mine I'd never heard before that you know, we, we say the priest acts in the person of Christ the head. We all act in the person of Christ as baptized people. We're all parts of his body. But the priest, the ministerial priesthood is, is meant for the sake of the people, for the sake of the body. And as the priest walks in to start mass, um, he doesn't say much. For a while, you've got the liturgy of the, Eucharist, the, liturgy of the Word, you've got the Psalm, you've got the Gloria. Um, and that's kind of like Jesus' hidden life, these first 30 years where we didn't hear much from Jesus. And then his public ministry, those three years, with the, the liturgy of the, the Word, uh, with the reading of the Gospel, the reading of Jesus' life, the homily, the creed. And then finally, the consummation of Jesus' life, the purpose of his incarnation is the, is the sacrifice on the cross. And the priest offers this sacrifice 
in the person of Christ, the head says, this is my body, this is my blood. Only because of his ordination does he have any uh, worthiness to do that. It's not his own merit or his own holiness. Um, and then communes with Christ in communion and then shares the fruit of that with the, with the body. Um, that's the beauty of what, what we do here in every Eucharist. Um, it's real. It's real worship in spirit and in truth. It is the real presence of Jesus among us. It's this sacrifice that saves us, that takes away the sins of the world. Um, and we do this day after day, week after week, year after year, until he comes again in glory to judge the living and the dead.